this episode, we've got the ambiance of children playing outside because we have the window the open because it's a nice day. This episode, Paige is half awake. Yep. Welcome to the 37th episode of Beer and Fear. My name is Zach. My name is Paige. Oh gosh, I'm so tired. In this episode, uh, we're going to talk about starvation. That's a real dark topic. It is. It can get really dark. Um, I've got some kind of... I'm trying to remember what's, what my stories are about. They're starvation not, i hope yeah they're not i was gonna say i've got some light-hearted stories but they're not really light-hearted they still talk about people starving to death but they're not they're not as bad as they could have been um i was very careful to pick uh pick my stories for this one but i don't know it was on our list i thought you know do something different and uh i like the beer that we got for this episode but before we forget we yeah. talk about our last two weeks really because we forgot last episode Honestly. if you wanted to I've got some stuff written down. Um, work. That's what I did. I Being an adult. I worked. I'm so tired. <laughs> you want like a soda or something? Some Coke or? I'm so drained. Uh, pick me up. Some sugar. I can just dump sugar in your mouth. You want? <laughs> There's a lot of chocolate back there too. Well, thank you. I think it'll just upset my stomach. Hmm. Just work, huh? Oh, I celebrated Mother's Day with my family. Oh, yeah. Oh, did we talk about that last? Yeah, we did. Did we? Did we? No. Oh, we, you talked about your plans. And you said uh, your father had planned a, a secret thing. Yeah, and then he had yeah. to tell my mom because my mom was like, well, let's go out because it's your birthday the day before and it's Mother's Day, you know, the day after. So we, we need to go out after, after they did the whole, I'm not going to go out. We're not, yeah, we're not going to go out this year. We, we won't go out yeah, this year. Yeah, of course. It was so funny. It was like, he's like, I have plans now, so don't plan anything. And she was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's nice. Hey, you guys, uh, you told me a little bit about how it went, and it sounded good. I was jealous. Really good food. Sounded like... It was fun, but I threw up. Threw up? You didn't tell me You didn't tell me that. Oh, yeah, I threw up. It was too much food? I think so. Or was so. it bad? Something bad you ate? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think, you know, it might have been the mimosa I drank, or... Or the second one or the third one? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I will neither comment nor question... <laughs> Uh, um, I don't know. I was probably just, hmm. I probably ate too fast or something. And then the mimosa didn't help. Sure. But I ended up bit, bit. <laughs> <laughs> like a grown ass woman. Yep. I went out, uh, we went to Mater's, um, doing some free advertising for them. Yeah. Mater, Mater's is great. Anyone who doesn't know about Mater's, it's been around since like 1904. Um, and they get people from all over the country. Um, visiting. So, really good German food. I've talked about it before. My mom was very happy. Uh, I went golfing again. Oh, with your dad? Yeah, since uh, since the last episode. 
we went to this um, driving range that he practices at, and he really likes going to. So I got to practice some putting and some driving and some short game stuff. Again, I I always thought golf was dumb, but I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's into it. He really wants me to get into it. I don't know if I can spend money on clubs right now. It just, I don't know. I feel like I don't have any time in my schedule, even though... Don't, well, don't commit to it if you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's nice to just... I have. He gave me a card so I can go there if I want to. Oh, nice. uh, I talked about meters. Oh, I had... So, I, a couple days ago, I did laundry. I put my, put my clothes in the washing machine, turned the cycle on, and mm-hmm. then I went to bed. Yeah. And then I woke up. And remembered I need to take my clothes out of the washing machine and put them in the dryer so I can have dry clothes before I go to work. Mm-hmm. So I can have clothes ready for the next day. I want to do this before I leave for work. And I try to lift the lid and it's locked in the washing machine. <laughs> and that usually means there, it's because there's a cycle running. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no fucking way that the cycle is still going from last night. And it was. It was spinning very slowly. What the fuck? The washing machine was just spinning and spinning. And it had been spinning for about eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> just, and I'm a little concerned about my electric bill and my possibly my water bill. I feel like you should For be. this month. But I, I was able to crack the lid open a little bit and point a flashlight in there. And I could see it spinning and spinning. So, so what did you do? I tried to start a new cycle to get it to reset. And uh-huh. it wouldn't. Like I hit start and it would just not do anything. I hit stop. Same thing. It would just keep spinning. Um, so I put in a maintenance request thinking, great. All of my clothes, literally I have one pair of clean underwear for tomorrow. Oh my gosh. And the rest of my clothes are in this washing machine wet. So I hope they get out here soon and fix this and hopefully replace this washing machine. That's, that's a benefit of living in an apartment is that these things get taken care of for you. You're living on your own, you're shit out of luck. It's like, fuck, I got to hire a guy. You got to come out here and look at this and try to fix it. And if you can't fix it, I have to buy another one. I have to go to the store and buy a washing machine, have someone install it. It's a pain in the ass. So one benefit, I guess, living in an apartment is uh, that stuff's taken care of for you. But Mm -hmm. as I was sitting there with the maintenance request submitted for the past, it had been five, ten minutes, I was like, oh, there's a circuit breaker in my closet. That controls all the circuits in the apartment here. So I went to there, and I looked at the one, and I was looking and looking, and I see a uh, washing machine. Perfect. Flip that off. Go over there, and it's off. And I flip it back on, and it's no longer spinning. Perfect. So I set uh, the rinse and drain cycle, you know, get all the water out of there. And it's going and going and going, and then I hear three slow beeps about five minutes in. I've never heard this before. Great. There's another fucking thing wrong with this washing machine. And now it keeps repeating this cycle over and over after it beeped three times. So it's like, I had, I had canceled the maintenance request at, by this point because I was like, I was smart. I figured it out. I flipped the breaker, so I canceled it. I called the place. I was like, I don't need the maintenance guy. And I was like, I think I need the maintenance guy again because this is a piece of shit and it's still broken. I flipped the breaker again, turned mm. it off, turned it back on, tried to do the thing again, and it was fine. Uh-huh. And it finished okay. I was able to open the lid. I got my shit in the dryer. But that was a very stressful good 45 minutes of my morning before work. Um, but I, I'm glad I remember that breaker because that's probably what he would have done. Uh, one day my my dishwasher didn't work because we had a power surge. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he opened the cupboards under the sink. 
and pushed the little outlet, the reset button on the outlet, because <laughs> that was tripped. And I didn't know the outlet for the dishwasher was under the sink. Otherwise, I was like, I would have done that if I had known that that was the issue. I thought the dishwasher was broken. What a silly, silly thing. I don't have to include this in, but... Well, I'll talk about it a little bit. So I had a really str- I had another strange dream uh, where I think I, I had my first episode of not quite sleep paralysis, yeah. but like a, a nightmare while I was awake, mm-hmm. and it creeped the hell out of me. So I'll, I'll describe the dream. I don't remember too much of... You have it written down? Well, I have a little sketch here. Oh, you have a little drawing. So it took place at work, uh-huh. like a lot of my dreams do, because that's all I do with my life. Um, I don't remember what happened, but I was leaving work, and we had our cars parked outside, but instead of the the pavement like the blacktop mm-hmm. i had to drive on the sidewalk okay. to be able to get out of here so the sidewalk curves this is a big like a gigantic pile of dirt uh-huh. that's just it's a mound of dirt can i ask why it's squiggly i don't know i just it's dirt it's, that's those dirt <laughs> that's what dirt looks like it looks like a bush <laughs> but it's a giant mound of dirt and i can't see past it it's like a big hill with dirt on it uh-huh. so um I all I know is that I need to go around this on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. and then I can go off. You know how like they have pedestrians where they get to the end of the sidewalk and it like it has the the textured mm-hmm. you know like pink stuff on yeah. the and then you can walk down you yeah. know onto the so that's what it was like. It's like that's where that is. So I got to go After around this, the sidewalk. I'm gonna interpret your dream. <laughs> I got to go along the sidewalk around this pile of dirt, and then I can go to that, and then I get to the main road. I drive off of the sidewalk onto the street, and then that's just how it works. But when I turned this corner to get here, yeah. and I come off this, you know, off the sidewalk, it's a big grassy area instead. It's a gigantic hill of just open. It's just an open field, a big open field. And I get to the top of this hill, and I'm not. This whole time, I'm not in a car. I'm like kind of. It's as if I were driving, but without a car. So like I'm moving the speed of a car. <laughs> Yeah. Just leaning back. <laughs> uh, I'm not in a vehicle. I was just kind of seeing this from a car's perspective. But I get up on this hill, and when I get to the top, I can see the street, and it's way down uh-huh. on the bottom of the hill. And it's like, it's a big drop-off. So it's like, I can't just go down this hill and get onto the road, because mm-hmm. it's like a cliff. So it's like, fuck, now I'm stuck, and it's just this, I'm in this big open area of just grass. And there's, like, random signs for, like, small towns. It's like, I forget there was a sign. It was, like, Pleasantville or something like that. What was creepy? Let's speed this up a little. (laughs) (laughs) I get to the top of this hill. I see the road. I'm like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I got to turn around. I got to go back around and find another way. As I'm looking and I turn around, I see something like this. Oh, an elephant. A decorated elephant. What is wrong with you? Uh, with giant tusks, and uh, it's like, it's kind of like the height of a rhino. It's not mm-hmm. as tall as an elephant. It was okay. sort of like a baby elephant, but mini, it was big. Mini elephant. It was still big, and it was decorated in a bunch of shit, like jewelry, and it was charging at me. Uh-huh. So I'm in the middle of nowhere, this big empty field, I don't know where I'm at, and this fucking crazy-ass monster is charging at me, and I wake up. That's when I wake up. And I'm laying down, and I remember... Like, you know, shaking and like shouting in my sleep. And I look at my ceiling and I can see, like, clear as day, a spider about this big crawling above my head on my ceiling. And I'm just staring at it. 
not like I'm frozen. I can't mm-hmm. move. And then all of a sudden I jolt up again and it's gone. That's terrifying. Yeah. I saw it clear as day. It was a spider crawling on my ceiling and it was gigantic. Um, and I don't, I don't think I've ever had an experience like that before where it's like, it wasn't sleep paralysis, but it was, I don't know, kind of similar, I guess. I don't know. But I, I had to draw this sketch because I otherwise I would have forgotten kind of what it looked like. But that was a scary dream. Get in the beer. Or did you want to interpret that dream? Oh, <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know what to say about the freaking the elephant. The elephant. Oh, but I was gonna say the the big pile of dirt mm-hmm. is you making a mountain out of a molehill. Do you know that phrase? I've heard the phrase. I don't know what it means. Okay, so it means that you are making a bigger issue out of a small issue. Hmm. Than what actually is. And you having to drive around it on the sidewalk is because you're handling it in like an unorthodox way. Okay. So you're you're deciding to go a complicated route when you could take a different route. But you don't go, see a different route. I could go over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's my interpretation. Okay. Our beer for this episode. Uh, this is a really cool tie-in. So the name of the beer is called Food Truck. Food Truck. Oh, and Starvation. Oh. There you go. Oh, my. And it's by... Now you got it. Yep. It's by Ravinia Brewing. Ravinia. Mm -hmm. It's a fancy name. Now, they have two locations. There's a taco bar and tap room at 582 Roger Williams Avenue in Highland Park. Taco bar. Taco bar and tap room. They've been open since 2016. And then they have a brew pub. At 2601 West Diversity Avenue in Logan Square, Chicago, since 2019. Mm -hmm. Now, that address might sound familiar. The brewery might sound familiar because back in episode 27, we discussed the fantasy of opening our own brewery in Chicago. Remember Mm -hmm. that? We talked about a beer called Graveyard Shift by Arcade Brewery, but they closed in 2016. Oh, yeah. And Ravinia is the brewery that moved in. I remember. And I was like, we have to try this beer. We have to try these beers. We have to try a beer from Ravinia. So here we are. Wow. We're trying Full Ravinia Brewery. Yep. So a little bit about their taco bar and tap room. Um, the one in Highland Park. Its uh, website says, a community gathering place for Chicago's North Shore. Our, our Highland Park tap room and taco bar features a scratch kitchen, craft brews, and the best beer garden on the North Shore. Their menu features items such as burrito bites, quesabarillas, which, um, barilla, 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 it's got two R's, barilla, as I found out, is a type of stewed meat, and a quesabarilla is a, is barilla served in a taco with queso and dipped in a consomme, or beef broth. So a taco with stewed meat, queso, and you dip it in beef broth. Damn. Sounds amazing. Uh, quinoa salad and other Mexican favorites. Quinoa? Yeah. And then about the brew pub, uh says featuring approachable craft brews and an exploration of styles approachable. that run the gamut from innovative to traditional. Whether you're drinking a continental-style pilsner or a goza with Thai ginger and forbidden black rice, forbidden black rice, we brew unpretentious beer for unpretentious people. Well. Speaking of pretentious... So no pretentious people drink The guy here. at Mater's next to me, which I told you about, he was the bartender. Uh-huh. He His shift ended, and then he joined, I believe, a friend or a frequent flyer of the bar on the other side as a customer uh-huh. and was drinking with him. And they started, they were really getting into beer styles and talking about different beer styles. I heard him mention something about a Kolsch, uh-huh. and uh, 
It's like Kolsch is like, you know, it's got a lot of hop flavor to it, you know? <laughs> and then they're talking later about a beer. It's like, hey, what is that? What is that flavor? Is that, is that the hops? Is that? And I'm like, fucking, it reminds me of Paige and I. It's <laughs> like not knowing what the fuck we're talking about. I don't know. I I assumed this guy knew his shit because he he's a bartender, but he was also on the younger side. He mm-hmm. looked younger than me. Um, what is that? What's in there? What is that? Hops? <laughs> that yeast? <laughs> I can taste it. Uh, and their Logan Square menu features a wider selection of beer and food, including desserts. You're a dessert. So if you go to the Logan Square one, where Arcade Brewery used to be, open since 2019, they have churros, I think, for Ooh. desserts. I saw on their menu. Really good menu. Churros. A lot of Mexican food. Uh, you can find them at Ravinia Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At Ravinia Brewing. So, food truck. Uh, this is the description from their website. Pilsner. Um, that's it. It's That's it. Yeah, their website has very brief descriptions of their beers. I can tell that was and this, one. <laughs> this is all they have to say about... It was about three syllables. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, I tried to find descriptions from other websites. So, from Drizzly, it says, Crisp and, crisp and light... Food Truck Pilsner has a biscuity creaminess for a beautifully balanced finish. This continental-style Pilsner bridges the gap between traditional European Pilsners and the frequently overhopped American Pils. And then from Untapped, You love food. You love trucks. You love food trucks. We honor these noble carriages with a beer of equal humility and deliciousness. Mm-hmm. Step up to the window and enjoy. Ooh. So I'll talk about a Pilsner. Pilsner or Pils is a type of pale lager and was actually the first and original pale lager. Uh, Pilsner Urquell, U-R-Q-U-E-L-L, Pilsner Urquell, still brew or still produced in the bohemian city of Pilsen to mm-hmm. this day. We've had some lagers before. Famosa and Landshark were two lagers. And we've talked about them before, so I won't go into too much detail about lagers, but a Pilsner is essentially a pale lager. Craftbeer.com says, quite possibly the most iconic beer style in modern history. A classic German-style Pilsner, which this is, is straw to pale in color with a multi sweetness that can be perceived in aroma and flavor. Perception of hop bitterness is medium to high. Noble-type hop aroma and flavor are moderate and quite obvious. Distinctly different from the Bohemian-style Pilsner, this style is lighter in color and body and has a lower perceived hop bitterness. Hmm. Whereas Bohemian-style Pilsners are darker in color and higher in final gravity with their German counterparts. Huh. Wikipedia lists four types of um, Pilsners. German-style, light straw to golden color with more bitter or earthy taste. Czech-style, golden, full of colors with high foaminess and lighter flavor. European-style, has a slightly sweet taste, can be produced from other, from other than barley malt. And then American style. German immigrants, as a little fun fact, German immigrants bought, brought Pilsner-style beers to America in the mid-19th century. American Pilsners today are still closer to the German style, but the grist, the grist contains up to 25% corn and or rice. The style generally has medium, low to medium sweet malt flavor and medium to high European hop notes. There is no info on when this was released, uh, no info on their hops, and no info on their malts. Wow. You picked uh, th- an enigma. But this beer's been around for a while, uh, several years. It is uh, 4.9% ABV, 23 IBUs, and unknown SRM. There's no score on Beer Advocate. It's got two reviews, eight ratings, and an average rating of 3.45. Hmm. 
I do have a review from Beer Advocate, which uh, we can read afterwards. While you're petting Kasoda and she's tearing up my couch... Don't do the couch. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I will grab the beer. That doesn't look like a food truck. On the front, um, not a single food truck. That looks like a spaceship underwater. A spaceship underwater? What? Yeah, or a submarine. (laughs) Where are you looking? Let me see. Oh, you have a different design than I do. Yeah. That's cool. What's yours? Oh, mine looks more like a food truck, but like underwater. Yeah. Not a not a single food truck on mine. There's like food stands on mine, but yeah, yours. I think this is the this is the traditional image that they use for their socials. It's cool. Orange can. Um, Ravinia is a magical place. Logan Square and Highland Park. <laughs> this batch features sunshine. Sunshine and Pilsen malts. Pair with nachos. Lawn chairs and kites. Wow. I've never eaten a kite. This is going to be um, like like Famosa, like Land Shark. It's going to be on the lighter side. Uh, kind of a step away from what we're used to. Kind of smells like strawberries. It smells like um, lager. Why don't I even try? There's more foam in your glass than beer. I know. <laughs> what a light color. Yep. That is a very light yellow. A wow. Straw yellow. I'm going to grab a picture. Yeah, the foam settles quick. Um, it's kind of... It's frothy, though. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of um, West Coast Wizard. Also very frothy foam. To me, it smells like, I don't, like, like dirty fruit, you know? Dirty fruit. Like raspberries that you just, okay, so in my, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. raspberries, because yeah. they kind of always smell yep. a little bit dirty. <laughs> it smells like straw mm-hmm. and like wheat. Well, straw and wheat. I definitely get a raspberry smell, Grains. which is strange. Yeah, like some light fruits in there. It's pleasant. It's very yellow. Mm-hmm. Very, very pale. I like a good lager. I just had this strong there. impulse to just... Throw it back? No, chuck it. <laughs> just chuck the beer? Just throw it. <laughs> Does not taste how it smells in the slightest. Hmm. Ooh. Very thin. Yeah. It's light. Mm-hmm. I get a little banana. I get a little banana at the end. Okay, I can see that. I can see a little banana. I got a little clove. Hmm. My stomach's upset, so I don't really want to drink a lot. Well, it's probably a good thing that, um, one, it's a lager. Mm-hmm. It's light. Two, it's 4.9%. Yeah. So, but I feel you. This, um, definitely a very summery beer. Very much Springtime so. summery beer. Um... Very easy to drink. Mm-hmm. Wow. They just get louder. We should have closed the window. I don't know why you left it open. I'm trying to find more in the beer, but it's like, again, very light and, uh, like you said, thin, and it's uh, it's crisp. It's easy to drink. Crisp and refreshing. 
Uh, as far as flavors go, I, I really can't pick a whole pick out a whole lot besides, I don't know, the weediness and the breadiness of it. And maybe yeah, there's a slight crispness, fruit crispness, um, and then just banana at the end is what I yeah. taste. Interesting. Let's rate this. Let's. Um, this uh, this review though is by. Um, oh, Re- that's right. Is by Revzeb, which I think we've heard from him before, right? Are you sure it's Revzeb? R e v z e b. Why? Because I feel like I've seen that. Do you have the review, mm-hmm. or you just type it up? No, I have the. I have. Well, I don't have it pulled up in beer. I've got to copy and paste it. Oh. To, why? Because I don't remember if. Hang on. I can try to pull it up. Food, truck, beer, advocate. Oh, there's another food truck by Henderson Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. That one has an actual food truck on it. <laughs> uh, here. Okay, Rebs up, yeah. Because yeah. right here there's our dev. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, what is that? Yep. I think that's, um, I think people can rate your, your comments. Because uh, they're very strict on their ratings. You can't just, like, give a bullshit two-word rating. Um, They're like, you have to give a full yeah, essay. Yeah, like, explain it. So, Revzeb from Illinois, which I think we've read reviews by him before. He says, <clears throat> Clear, darker gold for style, classic white head. Clear, darker gold for style, classic white head. Pilsner malt and a surprising amount of yeast fill the nose with some hints of banana in there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that in the taste, not really in the smell. Taste is watered down Pilsner malt, grains, and yeast. Nothing bad tasting, just bland. It doesn't pop in flavor or crispness. Feel is bready, mild, and watery. Hmm. It is watery. It's a lager. Now, I don't know what Pilsner malt tastes like, but Pilsner malt is the malt that's used in Pilsners. <laughs> really? I just don't. If Like, I'd have to, I'd have to compare... A pilsner to another lager that doesn't have pilsner malt in it, uh-huh. so I can know what I'm tasting. To me, it reminds me of um, a beer that I would get at a ball game, you know, because mm-hmm. they're mostly lagers. But I like it. Let's see where I think it's good. See where I'm gonna put it. It's good. It's good. Oh, all right. Let's get through this so I can go to bed. God, I wish our time together wasn't so short. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You should just uh, try to get. Uh, the morning's off. Like the next morning after we record. Or just call in. It's still going to work. Yeah, that'll go over well. Uh, starvation is a severe deficiency in caloric energy intake below the level needed to maintain an organism's life. It is the most extreme form of malnutrition. In humans, prolonged starvation can cause permanent organ damage and eventually death. Hmm. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. I'm going to close that. <laughs> Uh, according to the World Health Organization, hunger is the single gravest threat to the world's public health. The WHO, or WHO, mm-hmm. also states that malnutrition is by far the biggest contributor to child mortality. World Health Organization. Yes. Present in half of all cases. Undernutrition is a contributory factor in the death of 3.1 million children under five every year. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Figures on actual starvation are difficult to come by, but according to the Food and Agriculture Organization, or FAO, it doesn't actually have an abbreviation. I just You just made that one up? Yeah, I just made that one up. 
The less severe condition of undernourishment currently affects about 842 million people, or about one in eight people in the world population. That is 12.5%. Wow. Uh, the bloated stomach that you'll see in people who are suffering from malnutrition or starvation represents a form of, of malnutrition called, I don't even know how to even pronounce this, so I'm going to Google translate it because that's how much I don't understand it. <laughs> So she can speak for me. Quashiorcor. Yep. Quashiorcor? Yep. <laughs> Spell it. Uh, K-W-A-S-H-I-O-R-K-O-R. Yeah, it looks like Quashiorcor to me. <laughs> I don't think that's how you say it, but... That's what it said! That's what we're going with. <laughs> um, uh, initially... Uh, Quashiocor <laughs> was thought to relate to diets high in carbohydrates, like maize, mm -hmm. corn, corn, but low in protein. While many patients have low um, al albumin, 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 I thought it was albinum, albinumin? albumin. Oh, albumin. Al uh, this is thought to be a consequence of the condition. Um, so symptoms and conditions, or I'm sorry, signs and symptoms. I don't know why I said conditions. My brain ain't no. Mm -hmm. um, so the beginning stages of starvation impact mental status and behaviors. These symptoms show up as irritable mood, fatigue, trouble concentrating, and preoccupation with food thoughts. Yeah, I wonder why. People with those symptoms tend to be easily distracted and have no energy. See, I'm easily distracted and have no energy, but that's just because I'm fat. And food thoughts. I wonder why. As starvation progresses, the physical symptoms set in. The timing of these symptoms depends on age, size, and overall health. It usually takes days to weeks and includes weakness, fast heart rate, shallow breaths that are slowed, thirst, and constipation. There may also be diarrhea in some cases. Hmm. The eyes begin to sink in and glass over. The muscles begin to become smaller and muscle wasting sets in. One prominent sign in children is a swollen belly. Skin loosens and turns pale in color. And there may be swelling of the feet and ankles. You could also develop a weakened immune system. Uh, slow wound healing and poor response to infection. Rashes may develop. The body directs any nutrients available to keeping uh, organs functioning. Why, why do things swell, do you know? Like, why is there swelling? This is weird to see, like... Maybe a weird amount of salt content in the body. Or bloated stomach while you're starved. I don't know. It just seems backwards. Um, other symptoms are gallstones um, and then irregular or absent periods in women. Which, if you didn't know this, gymnasts typically don't have their periods because of the weight they maintain. Huh. I did not know that. Strange fact. Yeah. Um, the symptoms of starvation show up in three stages. Phase one and two can show up in anyone that skips meals, diets, and goes through fasting. Phase three is more severe, can be fatal, and results from long-term starvation. So phase one is when meals are skipped, the body begins to maintain blood sugar levels by producing uh, glycogen in the liver and breaking down stored fat and protein. The liver can provide glycogen for the first few hours. After that, the body begins to break down fat and protein. Fatty acids are used by the body as an energy source for muscles, but lower the amount of glucose that gets to the brain. Another chemical that comes from fatty acids... <laughs> 
and glycerol. Talking about something completely different now. <laughs> Fatty asses. <laughs> it can be used like glucose or ener- for energy, but eventually runs out. Phase two can last for up to two weeks at a time. I'm sorry, up two weeks at a time. Uh, in this phase, the body mainly uses stored fat for energy. The breakdown occurs in the liver and turns fat into ketones. After fasting has gone on for one break, <laughs> for one week, the brain will use these ketones and any leftover glucose. Using ketones lowers the need for glucose and the body slows the breakdown of proteins. Phase three, so by this point, the fat stores are gone and the body begins to turn to stored protein for energy. Mm. This means it needs to break down muscle tissues, which are full of protein. The muscles break down very quickly. Protein is essential for our cells to work properly, and when it runs out, the cells can no longer function. The cause of death due to starvation is usually an infection or the result of tissue breakdown. The body is unable to gain energy to fight off bacteria and viruses. The signs at the end stages include hair color loss, skin flaking, swelling in the extremities, and bloated belly. Even though they may feel hunger, people in the end stage of starvation are usually unable to eat enough food. Hmm. Um, So medical reasons for starvation, uh, anorexia, bulimia, eating disorders, um, celiac disease, coma, major depressive disorder, diabetes, digestive disease, constant vomiting... Um, circumstantial causes would be child, elder, or dependent abuse, famine, hunger striking, excessive fasting, and poverty. Mm. Pe- um, so treatment for starvation is, um, it has to be done uh, cautiously because of refeeding syndrome. And refeeding syndrome is a metabolic disturbance that occurs as a result of reinstitution of nutrition in people and animals who are starved, severely malnourished, or metabolically stressed because of severe illness. Like you can't, I know, I know that uh, you can't like give them food, like a bunch of food right away. Yeah. Same thing with water. It's not good to give someone who's been dying of thirst a bunch of water right away. Yeah. You do it a little bit at a time. So it says rest and warmth must be provided and maintained. Small sips of water mixed with glucose should be given in regular intervals. Fruit juices can also be given. Mm -hmm. Later food can be given gradually in small quantities. The quantity of food can be increased over time. And then let's see. Oh, yeah. Capital punishment. Mm. um, Do you go into that? I won't go into it if you do. I I talk about um, amirment. Historically, starvation. Whoa. She has launched herself up the cat tower. <laughs> has been used as a death sentence, mm-hmm. as I laugh. The beginning, from the beginning of civilizations to the Middle Ages, people were... Oh, wait, no, you know what? It goes over a mirrored. There are other types of capital punishment that relate to starvation, but I talk about specifically talk about a mirror. Hmm. I just won't go into it. Um, that's my section, then. Okay. A lot of science. There is... Um... Definitely a lot of science that goes into it, but... I do want to look up why the ankles swell, though. Or, like, why like why your stomach swells. It's, like, lack of food. Oh, for the, for the stomach, it's um, the extreme lack of protein causes an osmotic imbalance in the gastrointestinal system, causing swelling of the gut. Hmm. Uh, diagnosed as an edema of reten- or retention of water. Oh, okay. It's, so I'm guessing the swelling of the ankles is also uh, Yeah. It's it's tough to talk about stuff like this without talking about, like, people dying. Because, um, unfor- unfortunately, it's not... It's out of a lot of people's control. 
uh, for some of this stuff. It's not like you did something shitty and this is the punishment we're talking about. Like we've discussed capital punishment um, before and we plan to for some future episodes. But this is unfortunately something that affects uh, a lot of people every day. Uh, on the Wikipedia page, I'm sure you saw. Yeah, I saw that. That little, that little infographic, the little map of the U.S. will include on the website that shows um, the percentage of population suffering from hunger. Uh, and the U.S., not surprisingly, um, Europe, most of Russia, most of China, Australia, Brazil, is very low. Canada, it's very, very low. Canadia. And, uh, yeah, Canadia, the Great Lands of Canadia. And then some of the um, higher percentage countries, I don't know, is that like Libya or Central Africa? Madagascar, which... Uh, Madagascar has a population. <laughs> people live there. And uh, they are... Uh, 35% of their population suffers from hunger, which wow. is insane. And then this little tiny dark red speck over here, mm-hmm. North Korea. Uh, yeah, that that's not surprising. Not surprised there. Poor North Koreans. And South Korea, right next door, is just like uh, the U.S. Less than 2.5% of the population suffers from hunger. The U.S. is just an overabundance of food, honestly. You can get food everywhere you look. We're, uh, we're spoiled. So, as far as a story... Like I mentioned, there's so many different directions you can go when discussing starvation. I was thinking about covering periods of famine. Um, You mentioned hunger strikes, poverty, or talking about concentration camps. But all of that sounds super sad and depressing. So I landed on amirment, which is a new word for me. Mm -hmm. Amirment is a form of imprisonment, usually until death, in which a person is sealed within an enclosed space with no exit. This includes instances where people have been enclosed in extremely tight confinement, such as within a coffin, when used as means of execution. The prisoner is simply left to die from starvation or dehydration. This differs from being buried alive, where the victim usually dies from asphyxiation. There's an article from allthatsinteresting.com. Allthatsinteresting.com. It was written in 2017. I'm pretty sure you're on there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Written in 2017 by Joel Stice. Stice. Titled, Amirment, A History of Walden Terror and Cruelty. Ooh. I'm going to read this article. Go for it. I don't know if, I can, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Just read an entire article. That's You've said already. that before. Didn't stop you. So it starts with a quote. Lay it on me. I resumed the trowel Why and finished talking? without interruption. The Why fifth, the sixth, and the seventh tier. The wall was now nearly upon a level with my breast. I again paused and holding the flambeau over the mason work through a few feeble rays upon the figure within. In 1846, Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Cask of Amontillado. Amontillado? Amontillado. Two L's there. It's Spanish, so that makes a Y sound. Amontillado. Delivered to readers a chilling tale of truly sadistic murder. I read murder. that in high school. That's what that quote's from. P- pretty sure. Poe's piece tells the story of a man recounting to a friend how he had his revenge on a former acquaintance by luring him, luring him into the catacombs with the promise of a highly prized cask of wine. Yes. The story's narrator then describes how he chained his enemy to the wall and proceeded to seal him into his tomb with brick and mortar, leaving him to die a miserable death within. I did not read this book. It's interesting that you did. 
Yes, que comentaron. The means of murder that Poe's narrator described is known as a murement, a terribly cruel form of punishment in which the victim is essentially buried alive and left to suffocate or writhe in agony until eventual starvation and dehydration led to death. What lead a bummer. To death. Yeah. The cruel practice typically has been carried out by locking the unfortunate soul in some sort of coffin-like box or, in other cases, sealing them into a wall or other structure of some kind. Oh, damn. The history of immurement is without question a black spot on the timeline of humanity and dates back centuries with examples of the practice being found on almost every continent. Immurement was typically used as a form of capital punishment in which the accused was found guilty of some crime and a slow death was the justice handed down. The second use of immurement, while just as horrid and cruel, yet perhaps even more disturbing, was in human sacrifice, usually to bring good fortune to those doing the sacrificing. Hmm. Otherwise, one of the earliest uses of immurement dates back to the Roman Empire when it was used as punishment for a class of priestesses known as the Vestal Virgins. The Vestals were girls from respected Roman families and considered to be free of mental and physical defects. They had taken a strict vow of celibacy and committed themselves to tending to a sacred fire honoring Vesta, the goddess of home and family. Vespa. Vesta. I know. I just like the idea of saying Vespa because it makes me think of no. That's no. Vespa's a little scooter. Yeah, a little scooter. But it makes me think of Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. (laughs) That's right. If a Vestal Virgin broke her vow of celibacy, she was to be punished with death and buried in the city. Spilling the blood of a Vestal was forbidden, though, though, and under Roman law, no person was to be buried within the city, which meant that the Romans had to get creative. After being condemned by the College of Pontifices, a Vestal's executioners would prepare for her a very small vault in the ground, usually containing a couch and small amount of food and water. The Vestal would be led into the vault where she would be left to die. Why give her a couch? Well, she's got a couch to And a small amount of food and water? On. That's yeah. just cruel. Hold her over. Punishment of a similar manner was also handed down in the Middle Ages by the Roman Catholic Church to nuns or monks who had broken a vow of chastity or expressed heretical ideas. Unlike the virgin Vestals, these shamed nuns and monks were to be sealed in a tomb not to die within mere days, but instead to live out a slightly longer life of complete isolation, known as Vade and Vade and Possum and Pasum. Pachum. And Possum? Vade and Possums. Made in possums. Where you uh, are locked in a box. With a possum. With a bunch of possums. Oh my god, dream come true. It's P A C E M. Hmm. Vade and paid some. Or go in peace. Pack them. Go in peace is what it means. Pack them. Pack them. Go in pack man. The punished would go without any sort of contact or sight to the outside world, having only food dropped through a small opening. Wow. Um, Just like shove a like McDonald's. Yeah. Six piece chicken little, nugget. Through a little slit. But like shove the box too. And like this the sauce, the sweet and sour sauce is in the box. And you're just like. <laughs> poking in there. It's all leaking through. It's getting all over guys The face. sauce busted open. That's just a mess. While it's convenient to dismiss such torturous capital punishment as the practice of the distant past, immurement has been used far more recently than you might realize. Ooh. Accounts of immurement as recently as the early 20th century have been noted in Mongolia and what was then the Persian Empire, now Iran. One of the earliest accounts of immurement in Persia came in the 17th century from a gem merchant, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, Baptiste. who noticed 
who noted stone tomes on the plains with thieves encased in the stone up to their necks. Tavernier wrote that the men were left with their heads exposed, not out of kindness, but to expose them to the injury of the weather and assaults of the birds of prey. Uh, this is a, a photo of a Mongolian woman condemned to die of immurement in 1913. Why does she just, like, got her head sticking out? They what leave she... a little hole for your head. I get that, but, like... I don't know. How is that? Was this night? Was it, maybe this is a um, a representation? Because there wasn't color photos in 1913. Right? I don't think so. <laughs> um, in this, in his book, "Behind the Veil in Persia and Turkish Arabia," traveler M. E. Hum Griffith wrote of traveling in Persia between oh, 1900 1861. Oh, okay. I guess it was 1913. Of traveling in Persia between 1900 and 1903, and the disturbing sights and sounds of men sealed and left to die in stone pillars. How do you think M.E. Whom, whom Griffith sounded? As he was left to die in a pillar? No, as he, uh, dis- he, he noticed the disturbing sights and sounds of men sealed and left to die in pillars. How do you think he sounded? Because he's the one who accounted this. I'm so, like, the question is weird. Are you trying to say how he recreated what they sounded no, like? how do you think he sounded? How like do you his think accent? His, yeah, his voice sounded. I don't know. Why? What do you think? I don't know. It was 1900, 1903. Do you think they all sounded like English back then? I just assume everyone in that era was British. Okay. Another sad sight to be seen in the desert and sometimes. And we go British. Are brick pillars in which some unfortunate victim is walled up alive. Men bricked up in this way have been heard groaning and calling for water. At the end of three days. Definitely not British. More Australian. I'm bad at accents. No, I'm saying like that doesn't sound like something that would happen in Britain. <laughs> so it was probably because like you hear it in a British accent and you're like, that's not right. They didn't, no one's no one's that like, sounded like they're that not said that. that creative. <laughs> Similar occurrences of punishment through amirment have been documented documented in Mongolia as recently as 1914 with people locked in a wooden in wooden crates that prevented them from comfortably sitting or laying down. Only a small hole might allow them to poke their head or arms out to take in any food or water that a merciful executioner might offer. Like that picture I showed you. Yes. Uh, this is a 1935 illustration depicting the amirment described in the casket of Amantel, Amant, Amantiado. What a creepy-ass picture. It looks like they're not quite done because I feel like the dude can just kind of climb out of there. He's chained to the wall. Oh, he is chained to the wall. That's right. Climbing nowhere. As unnerving as a mirman is, its use as means of human sacrifice and the construction of buildings is perhaps even more unsettling. Throughout parts of Europe, there are stories and findings of bodies entombed in buildings and bridges dating back to medieval times. Various folk songs attest to this use of a mirman as human sacrifice to remedy problems in a, in a construction project or to bestow it with strength. One such example of this is the Serbian poem, The Building of Skadar which describes a worker who had to wall up his bride in the construction of a fortress. Damn. Most disturbing, though, was the reported use of a mirrorment in Germany, in which children were occasionally used as human sacrifices with the idea that the innocence of a child would make the foundation of a castle invincible. One particularly horrid example is that involving Berg Reichstein Castle. While rebuilding the already 400-year-old castle in the mid-16th century, nobleman Christoph von Heim 
Christoph von Heim, was assassinated by a farmer who claimed that von Heim had immured his son in the castle's foundation. Mm -hmm. Today, the castle functions as a hotel and popular spot for weddings. Did they they get him out of the foundation? It's not... uh, That's not um, noted in there. That's not disclosed. Yeah. He may still be in there. Immurement was also reported to have been used in the construction of churches, such as one in Vilmitz, 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 a district of the German town Putbus. During the construction of these churches, shortly after the introduction of Christianity to the area, the project was plagued with problems. Rather than seek out the cause of such problems, blame was given to the devil and the the immurement of a child in the churches was taken as the viable solution. Sadly, physical evidence indeed attests to this practice in various places throughout Europe. Accounts in the 1800s of the demolishing of a bridge in Bremen, Germany, reported the skeleton of a child in the structure's foundation, and an adult skeleton was found within the walls of a church in Holsworthy, England in 1885. The catacombs in France are literally just skulls. Oh, yeah. That's right. Reminds me of As Above, So Below. That movie movie. was weird. I liked it. I saw it in the theater. It got horrible reviews, but I enjoyed it. Whether used as a form of capital punishment or human sacrifice, immurement can only be summed up as an example of unspeakable cruelty that numerous cultures are guilty of having practiced for far too long. Hmm. Wild. I had never heard of this before. I mean, I... I could imagine it was a thing, but I hmm. didn't know it was as widespread of a thing as it was. I realized it was so common. Yeah. That, uh... You're not do that anymore. more tired. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um... Do you have more things? A little bit. Sorry. Oh, go on. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, what was that, um... I was going to say, I'm, uh, I'm glad that that's not used as a form of capital punishment anymore. And that reminded me, I saw in the news that South Carolina is bringing back the firing squad. Are you fucking kidding me? As a form of capital punishment because I think they're uh, low on the um, injections used for lethal injections, wow. which we talked about. You know, states who don't have the supplies for lethal injection, they can do electrocution. Uh, well, now North Carolina can do the firing South squad. South Carolina, yep, they can bring back the firing squad. <laughs> That's dark. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, the last thing that I, I had down in here, I wanted to talk about um, uh, Alexei Navalny mm-hmm. because it kind of ties in. So I'll talk briefly about him since he's relevant to 2021. If you aren't familiar with him, he's a Russian opposition leader, lawyer, and anti-corruption activist. He came to international prominence by organizing anti-government demonstrations and running for office to advocate reforms against corruption in Russia and against President Vladimir Putin and his government. He has more than 6 million YouTube subscribers and more than 2 million Twitter followers. Through these channels, he published material about corruption in Russia, organizes political demonstrations, and promotes his campaigns. In August 2020, Navalny was hospitalized in serious condition after he was poisoned with a Novichok nerve agent. He was Ooh. medically evacuated to Berlin and discharged a month later. He accused Putin of being responsible in an investigation implicated agents from the Federal Security Service, the <gasps> FSB, which is Russia's FBI. You remember this, right? When it was in the news? Nope. Oh, really? Yep, this is news to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, I was at work. I mean, the news is on at work a lot, so... Um, that's where I found out that Navalny was poisoned. I think I saw it on Reddit, too. Uh, that's when I first heard about him. 
On January 17th, 2021, Navalny returned to Russia and was detained on accusations of violating parole conditions. It was uh, These were imposed as a result of his 2014 conviction. He's been arrested multiple times in Russia. Mm-hmm. Because he had failed to report to Russia's federal prison service twice per month during his illness. He was poisoned and sick. He violated parole by failing to report to the prison service uh-huh. because he was poisoned. Wow. So he was arrested. On February 2nd, his suspended sentence was replaced with a prison sentence, meaning he will spend over two and a half years in a corrective labor colony in Vladimir Oblast. A resolution by the European Convention on Human Rights called for his release. While in prison, Navalny and human rights groups have accused Russian authorities of using torture against him, and his health was significantly deteriorated. In March, while in prison, Navalny, in a formal complaint, accused authorities of torture by depriving him of sleep, where he is considered a flight risk by authorities. They checked on him so frequently he was unable to sleep. A lawyer of Navalny said that he is suffering from health problems, including a loss of sensation in his spine and legs, and that prison authorities denied Navalny's requests for a civilian physician. On March 31st, Navalny announced a hunger strike to demand proper medical treatment. On April 19th, Navalny was moved from prison to a hospital for convicts, according to the Russian Prison Service, for vitamin therapy. Oh. On April 23rd, Navalny announced that he was ending his hunger strike on advice of his doctors and as he felt his demands had been partially met. <laughs> so this is huge all over the news. Um, this uh, anti-Russian corruption guy has been demonstrating... And marching and making his voice heard for years now. Mm-hmm. The first I heard of him was when he was poisoned. Um, he was very close to dying. And I'm pretty sure Russia, you know, maybe Putin had something to do with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. But uh, luckily, since um, EMTs were so quick to act, they had to... He was in a plane when he was poisoned. They had to emergency land this plane. And uh, he was... Um, That's crazy. Yeah, healed back to health. But now he's in jail... And uh, not many people really know how how he's doing, because Russia's all hush hush about it. Hush hush. Pretty sure Vladimir Putin wants this guy dead. Um, he doesn't mention him by first name. He, they they say that Alexei Navalny is the man that Putin fears the most, um, because uh, he, he's threatening to bring some pretty radical change, introduce some pretty radical change in Russia. So we don't really know how he's doing. I hope he's doing well. I hope he gets out soon. But, Hunger Strike. A good song by Temple the Dog. Never heard it. Check it out. It's got Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. What did you think of the beer? It was good. It was a nice change from what we're used to. German yeah. German Pilsner. It's been a nice break for IPAs. Yes. Uh, heavier beers. We've had a lot of heavy beers. Mm-hmm. This is very light and crisp. I'm, I'm going to pick up Chipotle later. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have another one. Um... They said it goes good with nachos. I, I bet it pairs really good with Mexican food. Aren't you supposed to not be eating at Chipotle because they're not paying their employees a fair wage? I didn't hear that. Yeah, we're striking. Who's striking? The Chipotle workers. Chipotle workers are striking? Pretty sure. Or they have most people quitting. Something like that. Also, McDonald's workers are going to strike on the 19th. Oh. I mean, that's every restaurant. Um... Well, you have a good argument as to why you don't eat at Jimmy John's. Yep. And I agree with it. I agree. But 
Jimmy John's has really good sandwiches. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I believe I can still agree with the cause and still buy a sandwich. To, for, for me, those two are separate things. Okay. You're encouraging the business to continue. Right. And that's how you're f- putting money in millionaires' pockets. That's how we feel about Amazon too, because uh, Jeff Jeff Bezos, the he's not the CEO anymore. I know he stepped down, but he's still the richest person in the fucking world. I know he has billions and billions of dollars, and I don't want to support Amazon, but it's become such a convenience, you know. Uh, oh, but you yell at me when I shop at Walmart. Yeah, and see, I have such strong opinions about Walmart. Because it's such a, it's a monopolistic conglomerate. Oh, they're horrible to their and, employees. And people shouldn't shop there and they're awful to their employees and uh, go somewhere else. I know. I, I, uh. What a hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. Yeah. I, it's like, I believe in the stuff that I want to believe in. Like I pick and choose and you're not supposed to do that. Nope. Uh, I looked on Google. It, it, it says, um, the second thing here, Chipotle is increasing its wages to average $15 an hour. Oh, nice. On Forbes. Um. This third link is uh, says Newark City Chipotle workers on strike, but that was back from 2020. Um, I don't know. I saw a post. Restaurant workers protest poor working conditions and low wages at McDonald's, Chipotle, and more amid the coronavirus pandemic. This is dated May 11th, 2021. So, yeah, last uh, last week or so. I've, I actually, now that you mentioned, I've been seeing uh, posts on on um, on Reddit about this too. Mm-hmm. Where employees are putting up these signs, yeah, on the uh, the doors of the business. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, Hardy's like. Uh, Anyways, I enjoyed the beer. Yeah, beer was good. Uh, I like lagers. They're they're nice and crisp. They're um, they're good for hot summer days, or if you're eating American food or nachos or nachos. whatever. And I don't know, it's it's a good change from what we're used to. So oh. it was delicious. I want to try more beers by Ravinia. They, uh, a lot of their, I think all of their cans are like rainbow themed. Hmm. So they've got, you know. Oh, yeah. And they're all, they're all a little bit different. So they got, they got a lot of colors going on. They got a lot of options. But um, it's cool. I, I thought it was really good. I wish I, my stomach hurt a little bit less because I feel like I would have enjoyed it. It's a very light beer. It's not heavy yeah. in any way. So, mm-hmm. um, if I was feeling better, I'm sure I would have enjoyed more of it. Um, but other than that, um, beer and at gmail.com. <laughs> That's our email uh, to the people who still listen to this. It's beerandfearcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit is where you can follow us and stay up to date with our new episodes that get released every Wednesday at noon. And uh, on Instagram, pet pictures and the pictures of our beer. We've shot the breweries out. Yes. So that's it. Have a good day. Oh, I'm so tired.